Well, you can open up your Bibles, or you can look up on the screens. We're going to be in Titus 3. Uh, the pastor finished up uh, Titus 2, and so we are going to be in Titus 3. We're just going to start right there at verse 1. But I want to kind of tell you about uh, a little about Christians uh, in the time that Paul is writing uh, this. You, you need to remember that, that Christians were a, a very, very small minority, all right? There wasn't a lot of people that were, uh, that were going to confess Christ, in the, I mean, just all over the Roman Empire. And so, uh, and, and as we've seen in this book, uh, maybe even less in Crete. Do you remember the descriptions of the Cretans? I mean, it wasn't a good description of the people. Even their own people were saying uh, who they were. And so, uh, remember that, that Christianity and Christians, they would have looked, been looked upon with suspicion. Uh, people would have, uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, in another portion of scripture, uh, they, they would make fun of the Christians and they thought that the Christians were just horrible people because they would eat flesh and drink blood. Uh, and they say, they would say, stay away from these Christians. That's what they do. Well, they were, they were talking about, uh, communion. They were talking about the Lord's supper and how, uh, the Christians would celebrate the Lord's supper that they would remember, uh, Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for them by eating the bread and drinking, uh, the wine, uh, grape juice. I meant, excuse me. I, they te- they taught me at Baptist seminary. Don't ever say that. And I just messed up. Um, but they, they were, they weren't, they weren't trusted um, because, uh, because of, of who they were. And, uh, and they, were, they were very misunderstood. Uh, so Paul is writing to tell these believers, to tell Titus, to tell these believers that, that in their culture, they are going to have to go above and beyond. They're going to have to go the extra mile. They're going to have to do extra good uh, more than anybody else in the culture. And we're going to see that today. Um, but you need to know that kind of getting into this text is that, that Christians, they were just, they just weren't looked upon uh, as, as trustworthy and, and good people because of some of their strange beliefs and, and things like that. And so um, what, I, what I love about these letters and, and really most of the epistles is that these epistles would have been read aloud uh, in different churches. Um, and so, I don't know if you remember, but in, uh, in verse 5, this is what Paul says, This is why I left you in Crete, so you might put what remained in order, and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. And I, I know that uh, the pastor talked a lot about that uh, as well, but we need to remember that this wasn't just a letter that was written to Titus that he read and folded up and put in his pocket and then later took it home and then just put in a box and, and shoved under the bed so that he could uh, show people later. This, was, this uh, was written to Titus so that Titus could read it aloud to all of these different places. And if you're Titus, I mean, just kind of think about this. You have a letter from the apostle Paul. And you're going to want to share that with everybody, especially if he has told you he wants you to go from town to town and appoint elders in all of these churches that have been forming all over Crete. You're going to want his authority as you go do that. And so I think Titus would have been 
uh, really excited to say, here's what Paul says that I get to tell you, and this is what I get to do here. And if you disagree with me or whatever, just remember this is not only coming from me, it's coming from the Apostle Paul. And he would have written that. The other thing that, that the letter would have done was it would have held Titus accountable to everyone that he read the letter to for everything that Paul said to him. And that's a really good thing. We saw this in uh, the book of Philemon um, when, uh, when Paul writes uh, Philemon and he says, this, these are the things you need to do. And uh, it, he had to do a lot of things that everybody would have seen. If he didn't do, he's disobeying the apostle. And so uh, same thing with Titus. So he goes with this letter and he would have read it uh, aloud to, to every place that he went, which is probably why we have a copy of it today because it wasn't something that Titus got and just shoved under somewhere. Uh, it was something that was read and it was something that was cherished uh, by those churches in Crete. And so remember that as we're kind of going through everything that, that uh, Paul is telling Titus, Titus is going to be held accountable for because he's read that to the congregations. All right. So if he slacks off, they're, they're going to be on the phone uh, calling Paul uh, and saying, hey, your, your boy Titus is over here and uh, he's, not, he's not doing what you've told him to do. It, word would have got back. They didn't have phones in case that wasn't clear. Um, so he couldn't, Titus probably couldn't read, uh, couldn't, couldn't wait to read this uh, letter to the, to the Cretans. So let's, let's get into chapter three. Um, and we're, we're going to just, we're just going to take it nice and slow. All right. Nice and slow. So, uh, we'll put up three, one here. Uh, he says, Paul says to Titus, remind them. All right. Them is, is all the people. Okay. He's not just talking about a specific uh, group of people. He's just talking about everybody. Remind the, the Cretans who have come to Christ. That's who you need to remind. Remind them, uh, to be submissive to rulers and authorities. That word uh, remind uh, really means to keep on reminding, and it's in the imperative, which means it's a command. This isn't a suggestion from Paul. Hey, Titus, I'd like you to remind everybody a few things. No, this is uh, Titus, remind them of this and keep reminding them of this. I did a series uh, not too, too long ago uh, called Forgetful Us, because we as Christians, we forget so many things. And one of the things that I preached on was the gospel. Forgetful us, we forget the gospel sometimes. We forget its power. We forget, we forget its influence. We forget uh, how it changed us because we're so used to it. And so I think that's really what Paul is getting out here. Remind them of some basic things that they already know they just have to be reminded of them again and again. So it's just a keep on reminding them as much as you can. And so remind them to be submissive to rulers. That word submissive just means to be subject to. Remember that there's a hierarchy in, in the society in which they live, and they need to be subject to all of their rulers and their authorities. Rulers and authorities are just those, those people in government positions uh, that, that had authority in, in Crete when, uh, when Titus was ministering to these people. And he's saying, remember, to these Christians who aren't loved in the society quite yet. And so he's saying, look, they, all of those believers in Crete, 
who have come to know the Lord, listen, they may think, hey, we're free in Christ. We can do whatever we want. We don't have to listen to these authorities above us anymore because we're free. Jesus is our Lord, not the governor, not anybody else. There's no king. There's no, it's just Jesus. We're all under his authority. And so the temptation could have been, you know what? Who cares about what the rulers of our city say or the authorities above them? Who cares about it because we're free in Jesus? And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. You need to be subject to those rulers and those authorities. Now, usually when we talk about this, somebody always asks the question, well, what if they ask you to do something wrong? What if the Cretans, who were an authority over the Christians who had, who had just become Christians, what if they try and get them to do things that are against the Lord, that are sin? Well, that's not what Paul is talking about. If it's reasonable and uh, it's good, then they, can, they are supposed to do it. And so if it's reasonable, if it's appropriate, they are supposed to subject themselves to those authorities. Um, I don't know if you have had many run-ins with the authorities. Uh, I've had a couple in my day. I think I've shared one time uh, uh, preaching semi-recently that I had one. Uh, I had another one uh, before the last one. This one uh, happened, I know, I know. I didn't go to jail this time, so it's, it's good. I've just been in jail the once. My dad bailed me out. He's right there. I'm not going to give him the microphone so he can come and talk about that. Uh, it, was, it was just after I had graduated. I had a really nice motorcycle. It was a, it was a 600cc CBR uh, Honda. It was, it was awesome. It had a sweet tailpipe on it. And uh, that tailpipe made it sound like it was screaming. Uh, and I, I, I loved the motorcycle. It was, it was the funnest thing. Uh, I also ended up wrecking that later, but that was uh, also not very fun. I'm not going to give my dad the microphone for that story either. Um, but it was, uh, I just graduated. Uh, I, had, I had prayed to God that, God, if, if I'm going on the wrong track here in my life, uh, Whatever I'm doing, if I'm going off track here, I, I want you to show me. And very shortly after, my girlfriend broke up with me. And I thought, you know, that's probably an answer to prayer, but it, it still wasn't really fun to go through. And so I remember getting on my motorcycle. Uh, this is all here in Las Cruces as well. I get in my motor, on my motorcycle, and uh, I just, I'm just driving home, but I'm angry, I'm sad, uh, and I pull up to the light on South Main to go into Tortugas. Do you remember? There used to be a Circle K there. Now there's a uh, big Pickwick on the opposite side of the street. And uh, the light is taking so long to turn, and I'm angry, and I'm sad, and I'm on a motorcycle. <laughs> I don't know why, you think when you're on a motorcycle, you're not easily seen, but in the night, you still have lights, so you're pretty easily seen. Uh, and so I thought, you know what, this is taking too long, I'm going to cut through Circle K, and I'm going to go uh, on that road through Tortugas, and I'm going to go home. And uh, so I, I cut through Circle K. I did, I did the look around, though. I'm like, 
All right, nobody's here, like no one. There's no way that I can get caught for this. So I go right through, and I mean right away, there's sirens and lights. And I'm like, I don't even understand. I just looked. And so he pulls me over. And uh, I, I, was, I was probably tempted not to pull over, but I pulled over. And uh, he gets out of his car, and he says, uh, you know why I pulled you over, right? I was like, Joe, try and cry your way out of this. I know you're, you're a man, but maybe if you cry, you can get out of this. You, you are having a rough night, so maybe, maybe he'll pity you. Tell him the whole story. So I did. I tried to cry. I could not cry for whatever reason. Uh, and so I just, I, I was probably pitiful. And... Uh, Anyway, so the guy, he's like, where's your license? Where's, where's your registration? I need to see all this. And I was like, officer, it's a brand new bike. You don't really expect me to have all the paperwork for it yet, do you? And he did expect that. He <laughs> very much expected that I had all that paperwork. And uh, so he, he's getting angrier and angrier with me. And I'm getting sadder and sadder. <laughs> And uh, then he starts looking around at my bike and, and everything, and his, his lights are shining on the back of my bike. I'm standing there trying to cry. And, uh, <laughs> and he sees my back tire. Well, I had, I had literally just bought the bike. And the back tire was pretty, th- pretty worn out. And on a motorcycle, that's not good. If that, if that pops while you're riding, uh, you're, you're not going to be in a good place. And so... Uh, he sees that and he just starts reaming me. I mean, he is, he's mad. He's mad because I cut through Circle K. He's mad because I'm trying to cry. He's mad because I, uh, I don't have my, my motorcycle license. He's mad because I don't have the registration. He's mad because I don't have the insurance. He's, I mean, he's mad. And he says, a similar thing happened to me when I was about your age almost identical to what's going on with you right now. And he looks at me and he says, get on your bike and get your stuff together and get out of here. I'm letting you go this once. Go get everything taken care of. He didn't say the word everything and he didn't say the word stuff though. He was, he was angry with me. <laughs> so I'm like shaking <laughs> and uh, I get back on my bike and I, I go and I, I did go and get all of the necessary papers that I needed for my bike, but there's times when we don't really want to be subject to the authorities. There's probably times in the Cretans' lives when they didn't want to be subject to the authorities. And Paul says, this is Titus. You have to remind them of this. This is important. As they're living in this culture that is against them, because they are counterculture in everything that they do, because now they have me in their lives, you have to remind them that when it comes to being a good citizen, they have to be the best. They have to be subject to all of those authorities. If they're asked to do something sinful, no, they don't have to do that. They don't have to go against the Lord to obey the authorities, but if it's just a normal law, if it's something that they're expected to do, then they need to do the best that they can do. Don't you think that's probably true with us as well? I was a Christian uh, back then, but I should have... uh, been practicing a little more, I guess. Uh, so that's what he's, that's what he's trying to, uh, 
to tell Titus, you, you got to remind them that living in this culture is hard for them, and they don't need to make it any harder on themselves by being rebellious to the law, to the authorities, and to the rulers. And then we'll go, we'll keep going. Be ready. No, we'll go back one for me one more. I didn't get to the end yet. I'm going slow, Mel. Uh, to be ready for every good work. So remind them, dot, 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 to be ready for every good work. That means if there is anything that is possibly good for them to do, Paul tells Titus, you need to remind them to do it. This is, again, kind of under that sphere of rulers and authorities, all right? Paul wants those believers to make sure that they take every opportunity so that nobody can look at them and say, look at their Christians and look at what they're doing. No, it would be the opposite. Look, they're Christ followers. Look at everything that they do. Look at what kind of citizens they are here. They take every opportunity to do something good uh, in our culture, even though we're hostile towards them sometimes. And so uh, that's what Paul is trying to get across right there. I don't know if you remember this. This is James 4, 17. I'm going to flip over there here. says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. Did you know it's a sin to not do the right thing? We know that it's a sin to do wrong things, but do you know that it's a sin to not do the right thing? Maybe you have an opportunity to do something right and you just don't take it. You didn't do anything wrong. You just didn't do the right thing. That's called a sin of omission, a sin of commission is something that you, uh, that you do wrong. A sin of omission is something that you don't do that you should have done. Does that make sense? And so uh, that's, that's, all, that's really what, what Paul is saying here. Hey, take every single opportunity. If there's a chance for you to do good, do it. I think that we could say that that goes for us as well, right? This is the whole, uh, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let do good deeds so that the people around you won't have anything to accuse you of. They're going to see the, your good deeds and they're going to want to worship the creator. Same thing that he's saying, be ready for every single good work. And when you don't do it, that's even a sin. When you do something wrong, also a sin. So make sure you take op every opportunity to do the right thing. And if there's ever a chance to do, do even just something good, you should take it. Notice that he didn't say to be ready for everything that feels good or sounds good or looks good. He says, be ready for every good work, everything that is good. All right? It's, this can't be anything sinful. Well, often temptation looks... Uh, looks like it could be something that we want to do sometimes. That's why it's called a temptation. And he's saying, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. Whatever is good, not whatever just looks good. Do whatever is good. Take every opportunity to do what is good. Let's go to verse 2. He says, to speak evil of no one. Again, remember what he says at the beginning. Remind them to speak evil 
of no one. Speak evil is uh, the Greek word blasphemain, and all it means is you obviously can tell what word we get from it, blasphemy. Uh, It's just speak evil of. Uh, You guys want another story? I might have done this one in my past as well. I'm sure we all have, right? I said something about somebody one time. I was kind of sucked into saying something bad about someone one time, and this guy was not thrilled about this. This is when I was a freshman. And uh, he showed up to my next class, and he was ready to pummel me. And uh, I was little, and he was big. And I was so scared. And uh, he didn't pummel me then. He waited for like a year. (laughs) Till he was graduated, and I was a sophomore. My buddies convinced me to go to a party. And this guy saw me there, and he pummeled me because of what I said. I said something evil about him, which is really what Paul is telling Titus. Remind them not to say evil about people. They shouldn't speak bad things. They shouldn't slander uh, anyone. And so that was, that, was a fun, uh, that was a fun lesson. It actually leads into the next thing that he says also to avoid quarreling. Maybe if you don't speak evil of people, you will avoid fighting them. And uh, so that's, that's to be the Christian's attitude moving forward. You know what? You're saved by the Lord. Why would you speak evil of anybody? Don't you remember who you were? Don't you remember where you came from? Don't be looking for fights. Don't be looking to quarrel. Be someone who speaks good of people. Let's keep going here. Also to be gentle. That word gentle is, uh, is sweet reasonableness. Uh, one of the commentators said that that, that word, uh, that's really how to translate that, just a sweet reasonableness. This is usually how the staff and I talk about David. That's our main description. He's sweet and reasonable. <laughs> uh, so we move on. <clears throat> They're also to show perfect courtesy. Do you, do you understand why Paul is telling Titus to do all this? You're living in a world that is against you. You have to fight in a good way so that everyone can look at you and see how amazing you are and see how like Jesus you are. As we've been talking about the culture uh, for the last month in the pastor's uh, sermon series, I think all of this really comes into play uh, with it as well. Um, So he says, you need to be also be courteous. Don't be rude. You don't need to be rude when you don't get your way at a restaurant or at a store or anything like that. You don't need to be rude. You don't need to be rude with people. You know why? Because you're Jesus followers. And you don't want somebody in the world thinking that Jesus' followers are rude. So Paul says you need to remind them of this. These are all like normal things, things that everyone knows. But isn't it good just to have a reminder? Can you think back to a time when you were just rude to somebody and you're like, I messed up. I do that. I still do that sometimes. Show perfect courtesy towards all people. Do you, did you realize in verse 1 he started saying, hey, Remind them about these things with rulers and authorities. And then verse two, he really steps it up. And we're talking about all people now. He's, he's evolved his, his thinking process 
so that he can get you to see that it's not just in one area, it's throughout your whole life, all right? Everything that the Christian does is to be done above reproach. So that's why in verse 2, he says, speak evil of no one and avoid quarreling, be gentle, show perfect courtesy towards all people. And that brings us to verse 3. Now he says, for we ourselves were once foolish. Weren't we? Paul says, Titus, I'm writing you. I and you, both of us, ourselves, were once foolish. We needed to be remind, reminded of things. Here he's going to give a, just a great description of what it means uh, to be lost. So even Paul and Titus are, are sinners. Um, but also, remember, he's, he's pointing to people that need to be reminded of things in the church because they too, the entire church, falls into all of this category. Yes, they are saved, but this is who they were. And then everyone who is not saved in Crete, in all of the different towns that Titus was to go to and appoint elders and everything like that, all of them would fit into this category, not as uh, formerly these things, but if they hadn't placed their trust in Christ, they are still these things. Now, the churches that he was going to were already Jesus followers, so they could also say, for we ourselves were once that. But there's a lot of lost people in the world that are these things still. Paul is trying to remind uh, Titus of all of those things. So this is what he says. We were once foolish. The word foolish is basically the word dumb, unintelligent, stupid. He's saying that's who we were. We couldn't even understand the things of God. We couldn't at all. We were just foolish. I taught uh, the youth, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before that. One of my points was, uh, don't be dumb. <laughs> you got to put it really easy for the, uh, for, the, for the high schoolers. I said, don't be dumb. And we were in the passage uh, where Jesus says, you're foolish, you're, you're dumb, you lack sense if you hear my words and don't put them into practice. And then he tells a story about another foolish man. That foolish man built his house without a foundation. That's pretty dumb. It's really dumb. And so I told the kids, hey, don't be dumb. Don't be foolish. A wise man listens to the words of Jesus and puts them into practice. Just like a wise man builds a house with a foundation. Same, uh, same word there. The word foolish is just, just the word dumb. Let's keep going. Disobedient, he says. Disobedient is obviously a very easy one to explain. Uh, but they're there to be... Uh, they were, sorry, they were disobedient. They didn't obey anything of the Lord. Uh, they didn't care. It wasn't on their top priority list. Once we were led astray, we were deceived, is that word. Weren't we all deceived by sin and its promises? That's what he's saying. Once we were led astray. We were believing something that wasn't true. Now that we know Christ, we know that all those things uh, have gone away and all those things are bad for us. We're not led astray by those things anymore. 
that's who we were. We were slaves to various passions and pleasures. We were passing our days in malice, which is hate and ill will towards people. It says also, uh, and envy, that word envy is dissatisfaction with where the Lord has you or where you are in your life. That should not be a characteristic of people who are following Christ. That should be a characteristic of lost people. And it was once Paul's characteristic and Titus as well and every one of us. Hated by others and hating one another. Sounds like a pretty miserable existence, doesn't it? A life without Christ. That's who we were once. Now, I think Paul is telling Titus all of these things for some of the reasons that I've already talked about, but I think, I think sometimes as we're in our culture, I think we as Christians, we tend to get angry about how things are going. Is that anybody else or is that just me? Don't, don't we? Sometimes we just get angry about it all. How are they doing this? What's the culture doing? And this person's doing that and that person's doing this. And it seems like we just get angry. We forget that once... We were like them. We forget that people who aren't saved are never going to act like they know Jesus. Their job description is this. I would actually add, it says hated by others and hating one another. I would also add haters of God, which is something that Paul says in the book of Romans as well. I think the temptation is to get so angry at all of the things that are going on in the culture. And sometimes that can be misdirected towards the people who are doing those things. And I think that's wrong for Christians. That's why we're not supposed to be rude to people. That's why we're supposed to be courteous. That's why we're supposed to uh, look for any chance that we can to do good in the society. Because when you're seeing all of this, you're angry for it. Why are you angry? Well, because for one, that's what enslaved you for a really long time. So there, to a certain extent, it's great to be angry at those things and sin in general. But it shouldn't affect the way that you reach out to the world. It shouldn't affect the way that you relate to people. It shouldn't, re it shouldn't affect the way that you obey society, the rulers, the authorities. It shouldn't reflect on the way that you treat people. Uh, it shouldn't reflect on any of that. You can hate sin and hate slavery to sin, but you can't do that in such a way that pushes people away from the Lord in our culture. And I think that's, a, that's probably a fine line for a lot of us. It's a hard line to define. Well, but they're doing it. Well, I know. We know. But look at all the things that Paul just said. Here's how you're supposed to behave in this culture so that the culture begins to turn its viewpoint of you as believers. That's all we have today. Thank you guys for coming. The pastor will be back uh, next week um, for Grow, and then uh, he'll preach not this coming Sunday, but the Sunday after that. You guys have a great day. If you haven't come to Level Up, uh, we have Level Up on Sunday. That's where you can learn a little more about, uh, kind of dive a little deeper into what Baptist doctrine is and what we believe here at the church. You're more than welcome to come. Just show up at 1215 on the far side of the cafe for Level Up. All right, guys, have a good night. We'll see you back.